From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up. Um, for Wednesday, April 6th, the eve of the 2022 Masters, and I wanted somebody on the ground to talk about it. You're going to hear a lot of Masters previews about people who are not there. I wanted somebody who is there, and we welcome in from Global Golf Post, Sean Fairholm. Sean, welcome back to Teeing It Up. Jeremy, how's it going? Uh, we're live from the back of the range here on uh, at Augusta National, looking live at the uh, at the practice sessions going on right now. Pretty cool place to be. Yes, and, and now be the tournament practice area, correct? Yes, only used about a handful of days per year. The members use the other one near the clubhouse, so uh, it, it stays idle for most of the year. I have found that familiar. <laughs> I have found that remarkable, Sean. And for those who haven't been to Augusta, this is the what you're referring to is the old practice facility, correct? That's correct. the one that they use every single day, and they use the practice putting green where the um, where the public green jacket ceremony takes place. That is their practice putting green, correct? Yes, yeah, all that is over next to the clubhouse. The range is over right alongside Magnolia Lane, essentially. Yeah, um, it's... So that, that, is, that is the member, that's what the members use on a daily basis. And whether it's Rob Manfred or Roger Goodell or Peyton or, or you know, Tim Fincham, you name the person, um, that's the practice facility that they use. For those who don't know, the media center is on the back of the Masters tournament practice area. And the significance of why I wanted to start with that is that this golf course got over an inch of rain yesterday. You came in yesterday. What did you come in to? Uh, pouring rain. Uh, it rained heavily throughout the entire day, really. Um, the, the horns went off at around uh, 11 a.m. It was, it was pretty you know, late morning was when the, the grounds were evacuated. Uh, the parking lots were completely clear. Not a great day. To, uh, to come out to the, to the course, unfortunately, unless you were here very early. Um, so not really a ton of practice or preparation was, uh, was done yesterday. Um, this morning, much better conditions, uh, very comfortable temperatures, very overcast, no no rain to this point as we're talking. It looks like there, there will be some headed our way uh, today, later today, but uh, overall there, there's been uh, you know a lot of one chance for uh, for practice uh, so far early 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 on Wednesday, and some interesting wind conditions uh, forecast for the first three rounds. Gus on Friday could reach thirty miles per hour. Have fun in Amen Corner on that one, folks. Um, obviously, the big story involves a guy named Tiger, so we're not going to talk about Tiger from the get go. Um, <laughs> This is me on, on purpose throwing a, a, a curveball. Sean, we are live talking, by the way. Sean and I did not do any prep leading up to this, even though we're close friends, because I wanted to know what it's like there. I always find this question interesting, which is the guys on the range who are working and the guys on the range who are practicing. There's a big difference, as, 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 as everybody out there knows. So... In your time there so far, what has stood out in terms of what you've seen on the tournament practice area? That's a good question. Um, I think just watching Jordan Spieth prepare, I know a lot has been made of kind of his pre-shot routine over the last, you know, three months, really. We saw that in Hawaii where he came out and it kind of looked like he was working more on an over-the-top mode. Mm-hmm. I think what it's 
one of those things where you see that on TV and maybe it looks more awkward than when you're actually behind him being in pitfalls. I don't know how to describe that very well, articulate it, but I think you get what I'm saying, right? It just seems more natural, I think, being in pitfalls. It looks more pure. Um, I know that he hasn't had the best start to the year, but I was, I was very, you know, I don't know, I was very excited kind of listening to him talk in his press conference and being out, being in pitfalls and seeing how comfortable that he does look. Um, I, I don't know, it's one of the small things that you, that you do pick up is kind of watching guys warm up and, and, and practice. And I like you're saying, there's, there's only so much you can glean from, from seeing a guy hit balls. But uh, that was one of the things, uh, non-Tiger related, that I would say I, I picked up the most since I've been here. One of the things that I found really interesting coming out of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, coming out of the media center over these last two days is that there are guys who do not know what to expect from themselves and from this golf course. We will get to the course changes in a moment, but 2022 has been marked by Cam Smith, Sam Burns, Taylor Gooch, um, uh, um, um, Honor Ban Lahiri nearly winning the players, Abraham Answers Ascendance, a whole bunch of guys not named John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, um, you know, Dustin Johnson. They're the, the name brand guys, we've had what, one name brand and quote winner in 2022. And obviously we've had Scotty Scheffler's Ascendance over these last 42 days. So we've had this gap of the Colin Morikawa is not performing well and the guys who people may not be familiar with like a Cam Smith or a Sam Burns continue to rise and rise and rise and rise and I'm wondering who in the press center that is name brand or top 10 in the world entering 2022 have you sensed genuine bewilderment or uncertainty as to what their games will look like come Thursday? I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think just to your point, if you look at the last handful of Masters, doesn't it seem like there's always like a guy coming into the tournament? Yeah. Remember 2019, Rory was kind of the guy coming off of the players, and everyone was kind of looking at him a lot of attention was placed, it was kind of turned towards him. There have been other guys over the years where it really seems like everything is, is looking looking towards them. It doesn't really feel like that this year. It just feels more wide open. I guess you could say that Scotty Scheffler, there are a lot of eyes on him. I guess you could say Cam Smith. I, mean, I think obviously Tiger's taking up a lot of oxygen out of the room. Um, but, you know, almost every player got the question this tiger being here, you know, take less, you know, take pressure off of you. And, and I mean, a lot of them just said, I mean, no, not really. I'm just going to go out and play my game anyway. When, when they asked Jordan that, he was saying, I wasn't even top 10, you know, on the odd sheet anyway. I, I'm just coming into this this week just trying to, you know, just trying to act like it's a normal week. And um, so I don't know. that There wasn't anybody in there who really showed a sense of bewilderment, I would say. Um, I kind of find myself pretty impressed with Morikawa. He, he, he talked at length about how when he first came to this golf course, he was trying to hit a draw on number two. He was trying to hit a draw on number, uh, even number seven, a, a pretty straight hole. Um, he was kind of trying to force himself into something that he's not comfortable with. And now he's just going to go out and just kind of hit his 
other holes that might require, you know, seem to require a draw. So I find I found that very interesting. Like the guys kind of uh, some of the guys that come in here in the first couple of years are a little bit intimidated and think they have to play the course a certain way. But I think over the years you learn you just have to do what you do really well and know where to miss. That's that's more important than trying to trying to conform your game to the course. Um, you know who's really flown under the radar this week is Bernhard Longer, um, and yet every year. He tends to poke his head up at the leaderboard. Um, whether it's longer or somebody else, who is your dark horse? Don't be surprised if this dude shows up on a leaderboard. Guy. I mean, is it is Corey Connors not in that category? Yeah. So like after a couple, after a couple of top tens, the last two Masters. I, I mean, the way that he hits the ball and, and going to and going deep at the match play. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, just, I've, I've always felt that, for, for some reason, this course takes a little bit of, of pressure off of your your kind of your eight to fifteen foot putt. Uh, I think it puts more pressure kind of on your on your short putting and your lag putting, or maybe a little bit off of it in terms of uh, some of the medium range putts. So um, I don't know. I, that always seems to be the, the issue with him is, is his putting. He's just so solid ball striking wise. It's hard to see him not being, you know, around in the at least the top fifteen, top ten. I think he could definitely be a factor in the golf tournament. So I, th- I think his odds are should be a lot lower than they, uh, a lot better than they are. Sean Fairholm with us here on teeing it up. Uh, there is a guy who is not here this week. That is Phil Mickelson. How much chatter has there been about him? A lot. Yeah, a lot. I would say. Um, you know, Bryson made the comment that Phil has basically gone dark, you know, since, since uh, February, essentially. Yeah. And that seems to be the common sentiment that you hear from a lot of people, whether it's players, writers, any, anybody else. Uh, they're not really hearing anything out of, out of his camp, out of him. Seems like he's, nobody really knows where he is. Um, like physically? Not really. Uh, huh. Not for sure. Uh, it doesn't seem... I mean, there are a lot of rumors. Um, there's a lot of speculation over, you know, Alan Shipnick's Shipnick book in terms of what's going to come out. That it doesn't seem like there's anything terribly worse in that book. That's what Alan said himself. That <laughs> he can't overcome in that book. Uh, there are other rumors that the, the Billy Walters book has you know, more serious allegations that he's kind of just trying to take it easy right now and trying to lay low from that. We'll, we'll have to see. But there is a lot of chatter. It's weird. I mean, he's been here every single year since 1994, essentially, you know, uh, since the mid-90s. So to not have him here is definitely an odd thing. I think Tiger playing has maybe lessened that chatter naturally, which I'm sure Phil is a little bit thankful for. But it's definitely noticeable. It's definitely who, something that, that people have been talking about. Who would have thought that Tiger's a yes and Phil's a no? <laughs> <laughs> you know, think about that a month ago. In, uh, back in January, that would have been a wild statement. Yeah, would have been absolutely wild. Um, next question I have. From, from here, it seemed like there were more questions about the menu for the Champions Dinner than I have heard maybe ever or in recent years. 
Was that a function of how big the Japanese golf media is? Is that a function of everybody loving Hideki's menu? That surprised me. I did not expect that many questions to players about the champions uh, dinner menu, and it seemed like it was universally praised. All of the above, and I desperately wish that I was at that champions dinner because I think out of all the menus that I've seen over the years, let's be honest, some of them are are really not that great. I mean, I think back to when when Dustin Johnson won, that menu was pretty boring. I think nothing against him. That that menu, I mean, when you're starting with sushi and then you're moving on to, I mean, there's some with some wagyu beef involved. There's, I mean, there is there is a little bit of everything. I, I mean, to me, that, that's one of the all-time great champions dinner menus that we've ever seen. Um, and I'm with, uh, this has been said before, I'm with, I'm with a lot of other people here. I think you should have to eat whatever is on the menu. No. If you're, if you're going. You've got to eat, you can't just order like a burger or something if you don't like it, which for those who aren't familiar, there are other options if, if you don't like the, the food the champion is, uh, is, is serving that, that, uh, that night they'll give you a steak they'll give you they'll give you whatever you want if you, if you don't want that food but I mean did you hear Jordan his press conference I think yeah I, that was my next question have you heard from the governor of Texas on his status of living in De- in Texas after those comments that yeah that's not you don't joke around with beef in Texas no you don't uh, you joke around with beef in, so um, interested to see if there's any blowback from that <laughs> My guess is is that the blowback he'll get is the friendly blowback because that because it's Jordan like he said it in one of the nicest ways you could say it. Um, so my my um, I, he may get one of those like joking letters that like you know government will send you. Like it's very official, and then at the very bottom it says you know we love you. Just please don't say that ever again. Um, Speaking of what players have been saying in the press room, we have two sets of changes to the golf course. We have 11 and 15, which are the stated changes. And then there's what Tiger calls the the mystery changes, the little things they do. And it looks like 313-17 fall into that category. So let's take 313-17. Did anybody speak about those three holes in any way that, that, st- that uh, stood out to you? No, not really. Um... I think the, I guess the one that maybe people can look out for is 13 in terms of the slope not being as severe there. Uh, I mean, we're so, you know, any, any golf fan who's accustomed to tournament knows that that huge ridge in the middle of the green that kind of brings balls down to the lower portion. seems like that has been just kind of softened a little bit. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I, was, uh, I was listening to... Um, John Wood talk on the No Laying Up podcast on the way up here. He was joking about how he used to walk the course with uh, with bones the week before, and they would they would look at their yardage books and say, "I swear that that bunker moved one yard this way." <laughs> and um, there's just it, there's just always this, these, these little tiny changes where you're kind of second guessing yourself. Like, was that really there? I mean, uh, we'll get to eleven here in a second, but Rory was talking about how. The pond, where the pond starts in relation to the green on 11 has changed. Which was um, incredible. Yeah, yeah, just those little tiny quirks. And, uh, I mean, when you, when you look at 11, just the way that it plays now, it's going to be completely 
different. Um, Rory called it a completely different golf hole. I think we're, we're his words, something along those lines. So I'm just talking about how there really is no, the, the bailout is, is not very big anymore. You really have to be kind of short right, which brings the bounds into play. And where they put the pond now in relation to the green. Um, has really brought the water into play if you kick off of those mounds. And then as people you know, who follow it closely know now, uh, anything right, that, that whole ridge has been raised up the, the, the quote-unquote, you know, the Larry Mize chip uh, where, where he was. That shot is, doesn't really exist that much anymore because you have to really uh, carry the ball so much higher up onto the green that it's a completely different shot. Um, so missing right on 11, as it, it seems, that like it, it has really just become a, a worse miss than it has in, in past years. Um, I don't think there's any way that 11 can play easier than it has in the past few years. I think it, it's just destined to play harder. It's longer. It's, it's uh, I mean, the fairway might be a little bit easier to hit, but, uh, you know, talking to a few players, but uh, I, I think beyond that, the second shot is, is, has become much harder. Correct me if I'm wrong, the way that I looked at 11 the other day, it looks like number eight in terms of the mounds. It does. And that, does. and that basically, like, if, if, you, if the folks out there can imagine the moguls to the right of number eight at Augusta or the moguls to the short right and right of 18 at TPC Sawgrass but without rough, you're going to get some quirky lies and trying to get any kind of spin to any pin location close to the penalty area, and you can have problems. And you don't know whether you're going to kick left. You don't know whether, I mean, if you, if you catch a down slope there, that could go all the way through the green, depending on what kind of shot you're hitting. If you're maybe punching out of trees and you catch a down slope there, that, that can go through the green. Exactly. Um, you don't have the safe bailout grandstands long like you do on eight or that just bounds off to the right or just bounds off to the left and then hits that slope and comes back on number eight you've got a penalty area and nothing long unless you want to unless you want to hit from the walking path of number 12 which i don't think anybody does no i think what's happened over the years number 11 is that that kind of short uh, pin high right area has become such a popular bailout where players know that they're that's kind of where the miss is and it's, you know, depending on where the, where the whole location is, it's not really a terribly difficult up and down from over there. Um, it, it is, I would say, if, it's, if the, that, that whole location is kind of tucked up on the, the front right, um, that's, that's, you know, a more difficult shot, but for the other whole locations it wasn't that much of a more difficult shot. Now, I mean, even, I guess maybe if the hole is all the way over on the far left, it's, it's more doable still, but it's really become very, very difficult for anything on the, on the right-hand side of that green if you miss right. Uh, even the way these guys spin the ball and, and some of the shots they're able to hit, it's become far more difficult, and the, the degree of difficulty has gone up for that shot. I'm really curious about 15 because the changes to 15 to me read really simply. You're, you're, it's, it's longer, so you're not going to hit the down slope. And while you can get it on the right side of the fairway because they've softened the slope, 
it's going to be a longer shot. And that green, which was unchanged, is so narrow. And we know that the penalty area long at 15 is so much in play if you start bounding over there. It seems to me that it's almost like just imagine that the old 15 was playing into a 20 mile per hour wind. That that's essentially what they did is gave it a permanent 20 mile per hour wind from what it was. It's a smaller change, but it's a significant change in that the club you'll be hitting is way different. Is that how, is my interpretation from New Jersey correct? I think the, the, the big thing, Jeremy, is that they, they really wanted players to have to hit to a certain section of that fairway off the tee. And the, the fairway is essentially narrowed because they've really, if you, if you, if you aim the, up the right edge, and kind of take up the right side of that fairway, you get more of a, a, a flatter lie and a better look at the green. But they've significantly cambered that fairway more to the left than it had been previously. So if you are kind of hitting the middle of that fairway with any kind of draw, it is going to go all the way down below those pines that we're so used to on that second shot where you're pretty much forced to lay up. Uh, so that drive, to me, has become much more difficult in terms of an accuracy standpoint. And, of course, it's, it's been moved back further. So, you know, we've seen a lot of guys coming in there with eight and nine irons in the past. And I think that's the point that a couple of players were making yesterday is that the difference between a, a uh, you know, a five or a six iron and an eight and a nine iron into that green is pretty, is pretty drastic, whereas the, the difference between maybe a six iron versus a three iron is not as drastic just because of the amount of spin you're able to generate on the eight or nine iron. So I think you're going to see very few players able to hit, you know, short irons for their second shot into that hole. And I think the, the, the accuracy portion of that drive is going to become a lot more paramount than we've seen in the past. We've seen a lot of guys in the past where they're hitting maybe the the, the middle of the fairway maybe slightly on the left-hand side and they're still good because they, they can kind of skirt it around the, the pine trees there and, and they can still reach the green too. I think that shot now is going to become down below the left where they're, where they're blocked out. Um, so I think we're just generally going to see more pressure on that tee shot and I think probably more layups and more of that excruciating little wedge shot off of a, a down slope. And uh, Jeremy, I know you've been and seen that downslope on 15. For those who have not been, that's, an, that's a golfer's nightmare. It's, it's just way more downhill than you think it is. And that that third shot is really, I know a lot's been made of it over the years, but it's really not something like you want any part of. The players would love to go to the green at two every single day if they have the option. They, they really don't want to lay up there if they, if they can avoid it. It is so steep, and it is so difficult to get any kind of zippy spin, for lack of a better term. Um, that greenside bunker, I think, is going to be a very popular spot. It's not the easiest bunker shot, but it's going to be a very popular spot, I think. Finally, on Tiger, it's happening. I can't believe it, but it's happening. He says he can contend. For me, success is making the cut. You? I... He has me believing that he could finish in the top 20 here. I think that... I Which would be valuable FedEx Cup points. Let's just point that out. Very much so. I, I think... It, it, is it too obvious to say that the, the maybe the, the two big concerns are, A, we're really in for, it looks like,
pretty cold weather, and that you know he he made that pretty obvious in his press conference that he does not enjoy that. He doesn't feel as good in that, and also. Yeah, sorry, Alaska. Yeah. You're not getting Tiger playing anytime soon in your state. Sorry. Right. Uh, you know, Friday afternoon, we're looking at temperatures in the mid-60s, but you mentioned that wind that's going to make everything feel kind of more miserable. He's going to be out in that late portion on Friday. Uh, he's going to be going off early on, on Thursday. So, uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think that's kind of one of the main concerns. And the second one is just the walking, right? I mean, I think... Wouldn't it be expected if we see him come out and look pretty good on Thursday and Friday and then make the cut and then maybe lose a little bit of gas on Saturday? I think that's maybe the most likely thing to happen, but you just never know with him. I mean, the fact that he's here is just absolutely stunning. It's incredible, and uh, I wouldn't put anything past him. But that'd be be my prediction that he, uh, he does make the cut. But I think just over time in this golf tournament later, Later Saturday, later later on Sunday, I think it's just going to be natural. It's going to be harder to, to keep that pace up. It, it is crazy the fact that the players and him all agree that the actual golf game looks great, and that's not the concern. Not at all. Yeah, I think it looks 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 great. Uh, I mean, seeing him hit balls in the range, he was he was out uh, playing with Justin Thomas again on Wednesday. Uh, for, Playing a few holes looks looks fantastic. But that really does this does not seem like that much of a concern. Ball speed not a concern. Yeah, like this his speed at all. He's, he's he's out there hitting it, you know, in line with JT. Uh, there's, I mean, in terms of the actual golf swing itself, no, I, I don't think there are really any glaring issues to look at. I think it really comes down to endurance, and it comes down to pain management. Uh, I mean, he's tolerated incredible amounts of pain throughout his life, and just being able to do that under the circumstances, being able to control his adrenaline, having not played a official PGA Tour event in what seventeen months? Yeah, November. A while. So the, the November Masters. I think. I think those are the bigger concerns in the golf swing itself. Uh, thir- uh, I, I have thirty seconds. Um, Reading between the lines, I take it that um, Charlie had some fun in the par three course, but that he didn't win. Your sense of who won that match on the par three course between Tiger, Charlie, Rob McNamara, and Justin Thomas? I think it was Tiger. I don't know for sure, though. I'm not 100%. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> you gotta love Charlie. He's 14. He gets to play Augusta for the second time, and then he can't help himself. And it's like, let's go play 27. And honestly, I took that as a positive that Tiger was fine playing nine more holes. I mean, yeah, it's the par three course, but there's still some slope there. That's not the easiest walk either. Um, yeah. So anyway, Sean Fairholme on the ground at Augusta for Global Golf Post. Thank you for coming on Teeing It Up. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.